Did you know if you have a toothpick with a little notch in the end, you can break off the end with a notch, put it on the table, and use it as a toothpick stand? You do now. Happy April Fool's Day, y'all. This is Jacqueline Detweiler, and this is the least useful podcast ever. Peter Martin, our executive editor. Back in September 2014, we did a feature in Popular Mechanics. It was our How to Make Anything issue. Uh, and this was for our back page that was uh, how, to, how not to make things you shouldn't know how to make. Is that what it was? <laughs> it was. A few things you don't need to know how to make. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of useful if it's the end of the world, I think. Or if you're cheap. So what is it that we're going to do, Peter? This is how to make gunpowder from your own urine and a few other <laughs> things. Uh, I have no idea the circumstances in which this will be helpful, but for somebody. Well, you know, end of the world and the toilets don't flush and you also need to shoot cannonballs at people. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So, simple recipe. First step, fill a 300-gallon cement tank with manure and urine. Um, and if necessary, if you can't produce quite enough, just you can top it off with a little water. How big is a 300-gallon barrel? Smaller than I thought. Um, I looked it up. A pool is apparently an average pool is like 17,000 gallons. Oh, so that's, okay. 300 gallons is about seven oil drums. We have figured out how long it would take to fill 300 gallons, and that is a little under a year. Most people expel 350 to 700 milliliters of urine every time they go to the bathroom, huh. which is not actually that much. 350 is a cup and a half. So, right, and 700 is about a wine bottle. <laughs> yeah. All right, so if you go to the bathroom seven times a day, 350 milliliters a shot, that's two-thirds of a gallon of urine that you produce every day. Okay. And so assuming that you have a consistent rate throughout the year, it would take you 451 days to fill this. Wow. That is not accounting for the space being, the volume being taken up by manure and your top-off water. So right. So oh. actually, let's say like a year. Yeah, um, oh, totally. So you I have mean, to be dedicated. So the reason I'm saying this is because if you are in a fort and it has been the end of the world and you've got to shoot, a, shoot down the rival fort or whatever it is you're doing, then you probably have other people in there with you. So then you could contribute stash. to your urine stash, right? That's so true. then, like, if you've got five people, then you, you could pull this off in a couple of months. True. And if you have seven barrels, you could have seven friends and just or six everyone's friends. Got, everyone's Everybody got a fills barrel. their barrel. The second step is pretty easy. You wait ten months. So you've committed almost two years to this. Do you really need to need gunpowder? Yeah. So after ten months, you strain the result through a fine sieve and a purifying layer of ashes. Then you dry the liquid portion on trays in the sun, and this creates saltpeter, which is one of the most important elements of gunpowder. You grind that saltpeter down into a fine powder with a mortar and pestle. Clean that off, because otherwise if you put it together, you could cause a little you explosion. Could, you are right. making gunpowder. Right. What could go wrong? Uh, so after that is thoroughly cleaned, you grind down charcoal briquettes. Apparently charcoal briquettes are still easy to find. Grind that down, and then the last thing that you grind down after, again, cleaning your mortar and pestle is elemental sulfur, which is found in garden stores, which will still be open in the apocalypse. Oh, I mean, couldn't you just, I feel like at this point you just go rob a Walmart. It's probably the best thing. <laughs> um, so after you grind all these things down, it's 10 parts saltpeter, 3 parts charcoal, 2 parts sulfur. And you mix them together just kind of with your hands or a spoon or Mix something. them together and you have gunpowder. Wow. Two years later. Two years later. Uh, and then what do you do with the gunpowder? I have no idea. We have senior associate editor Matt Goulet with us who has something pretty important to teach us how to do today. Why do you even know how to do this? So imagine you're at a party. Better yet, imagine you're throwing a party. And you've worked really hard on your playlist on Spotify, and you're having a great time. But you maybe get a little request, or you start to read the room a little differently, and you want to put on something that you, got, you can't find on Spotify. 
Um, it could be Bob Seger. It could be Taylor Swift. Um, in the case that I have dealt with several times, it's been the Sister Act 2 soundtrack. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, the soundtrack, you'll only find like covers on Spotify. But knowing that I've created a party backup playlist on YouTube, you queue that up while you're still flipping around in Spotify and your playlist is still playing and you're not disturbing anything until you hit play. So that's, so, I mean, I have my phone here. We can. You're going to play it right now? Yeah, we'll try it. We'll see what the sound does for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. September. And then, all right, well, that's fun. We're fading out. But, you know, someone's really wanting to hear Oh Happy Day from uh, Sister Act 2. Just like that. Well, you you just switched from Spotify to to YouTube. Seamless, Jackie. Absolutely seamless. We wanted to learn more about internet games and phone games, so associate editor Kevin Dupsick brought his girlfriend in. Uh, hi, Kevin's girlfriend. Hi. Happy to be here. We also have Cameron Johnson, who is uh, playing... Are you playing a phone game right now? I was just looking at phone games. I was. We were on the subject, so... And we brought Kevin, so that uh, Cameron can't bully Kevin's girlfriend too much. And always, so th- always nice to be caught between my girlfriend and my work spouse. <laughs> <laughs> y- y'all are work spouses, too. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let you guys take it away, because you guys have had some st- uh, scintillating discussion about this game. <laughs> and I'd love to learn how to play it. All right. Well, first of all, Kevin's girlfriend has a name. <laughs> Laura, would you like to tell us uh, what this game is called and what it actually is? So this game is called Niko Atsume. This means kitty collector in Japanese. Okay. Um, Your greatest aspiration. (laughs) It is my aspiration because I really like cats. But this is a game where you can have this yard on your phone and you put out like little treats and little toys and cats come into your yard. uh, And they kind of just sit there and you look at them and that's really the gist of it. The, The key thing though I think to know is that the cats all have distinct personalities and funny names. Uh, like Don Gato is my favorite, and he's kind of a like Spanish paramour type. Yeah, some of them like different foods or different toys, and they come in when you put those out. And they have different names and like little notes about what their personality is. Like this one's name is Breezy, and he's laid back. Misty is lazy. Pickles is faint-hearted. There's one that's in my yard right now that's like a samurai cat. He has like a sword, and his name is Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that one yet. <laughs> With all these cats, do you get something if a different cat comes into your yard? And how do you know if a cat is different? Like, do they does it pop up? Uh, yeah, that's that's like the game aspect of it, I guess. There's this thing called your cat book. So it's, is it like a Pokedex for, for I cats? guess so, yeah. That's exactly what it is. The cats are like kind of grayed out, and you can't see what they look like until they actually come into your yard. So and you have to unlock care. a character? Mm-hmm. And there's even like a camera feature, so you can like take pictures of the cats when they're in your yard using the toys you left out. The way the game works is that you can buy food that you leave out. With real money? Or? No. Okay. I mean, I guess you can't. There's an option to put real money in, but I've, I've never done that. Explain how you get the money. So the cats, when they come into your yard, they bring you these little fish, and they leave the fish behind when they're done with the toys and the food. So you gather up all the fish, and then in the game, you can use that to buy more food or buy different toys. Um, and then the different toys attract all the different cats, and then you fill up your cat book. What happens if you fill up your cat book? Um, nothing happens, and that's kind of why... I haven't been playing it as much anymore. Oh, so it loses its luster. Cameron, if you're the kitty collector, filling up the cat book is the point. Yeah, I guess it's like birding, but on your phone and with cats. (laughs) I guess the other thing to know about the game is it probably sounds really exciting the way I just described it. Super does, super does. (laughs) Most of the time, you're just kind of like, you look at the game and it's just like a static screen with like a few cats sitting there. 
So you never actually see anything like moving or changing. You just check in every couple of hours or whenever you want and like see which cats are there for you to look at. And now with how to explain to a millennial who Scott Bayo is, Peter Martin and Katie McDonald. Okay. Katie. Yes. Do you know who Scott Bayo is? No, should I? Two weeks ago, he endorsed Trump for president. Do you remember that? Uh, you probably didn't make news in your Facebook feed. So Scott Bayo is moderately famous, moderately minus. Okay. For he was in Happy Days. Oh, Did you know Happy Days? Yeah, from TV Land. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then he had. Wait, his was own. that the Fonz? He's the Fonz's cousin. Oh, I don't know the Fonz's he was like cousin. Sixteen. Okay. And then he had a little spin-off, Joni Loves Chachi. Ne- never saw that. Charles in Charge, late 80s, probably also on TV Land. Um, I don't remember that. TV Land to me was like Bewitched and Mr. Ed and Happy Days and that kind of stuff. All right, but he got an Emmy for Happy Days. So you should remember him from that. What about Arrested Development? That was only 10 years ago. Yeah, I've seen episodes. I never watched it religiously. Like he, Okay, do you remember that he was the attorney for them at the end when Henry Winkler was not? Do you know who Henry Winkler is? Yes, I, I, but I can't remember. <laughs> but what, So why does it matter that he endorsed Trump? I mean, it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> That's okay. sort of the point. But it, because he, here's this man who is being reported as endorsing someone, so you would think it should matter. He might be famous. Oh, no. Not to you. No. All right. Sunday, Monday, happy days. We are back in the testing table, and people in the office make a lot of fun of our tech editor, Alex George's desk. And the people that do the most making fun, I think, are Peter Martin, our executive editor, and Cameron Johnson, our editorial assistant, who are going to try to figure out what all of the interesting things, and there are many, on Alex's desk do. We don't make a lot of fun. We tease in a loving way. Never to his face. (laughs) Yeah. This is the first time we've confronted him. I do all my crying in the bathroom. We did decide that it's probably best that Alex have a safe word if anything actually hurts his feelings that we cover today because he really does just in talking to him about it he believes in these things <laughs> he really does he is he is he's drunk the Kool-Aid in technology so We're, you guys are going to walk away with a different tune I'm certain oh uh, yeah maybe a couple I mean the test is can you convince Cameron or me to actually want to use one of these if you guys can promise me you're not prejudiced against adapting some of these ideas but Maybe. I'll do my best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So uh, we can start with one that I probably will have a little bit of a hard time convincing you of. It's sold by this company, Quirky. It's called a Cordy, C-O-R-D-I-E-S. So basically, it's this little weighted thing that you put on top of your desk, and it has these rubber pieces where you put cables into it. So when you unplug something, the cables don't drop back behind the desktop or whatever. You can just set them in there, and they'll stay put. I mean... That, this is an unfair one for you to start with because this one is not that stupid. Yeah, that one's, that one's actually pretty handy. It just looks dumb. Because I, I have a charging thing for my phone that I charge up my phone every day at work, and it would be much nicer to have it. It would just look much nicer in that than having it all over the desk and somewhere else. I think you're stacking the deck a little bit for yourself. Oh, I'm front-loading a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Or my ideas could just be brilliant, <laughs> and you guys are just going to have your lives change after you adopt them. I mean, we'll see. People listening can't see the other options, so they can't tell if that is not true. Oh, well, it <laughs> looks like Mr. Magorium's sadness in Poirier. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, we'll put some pictures online so everybody can see and also there's a picture of my desk with a wide angle lens so you can kind of see I do slightly invite this ridicule but I stand <laughs> by my decisions 
we can talk about the next one. These things called cable turtles. It's a little. Um, We're not here to judge the names. Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> so it's a, basically a little kind of donut-looking thing. There's a spine in the middle. You wrap your cable around it, and then you close it up. You fold back down the flaps on the outside, and basically it just it's, turns your cable into this little solid piece like this. So whenever you're traveling or whatever, you don't just have like wires flowing everywhere. Looks like one of those mini CD cases. Yeah, yeah, it's got like a spindle in the middle. That's basically how it works. Seems like a, a logical idea, but I don't think I'd ever want anyone to see me have it. You know, part of the problem why? is, why would you spend money on this? I can take my cables and I wrap yeah. them around, I stick the wrap it around your the finger, and then it, over, under, over, under, and then you just... I think part backpack. of it is you like to have all these things to throw in your bag and pull out when you unpack somewhere. And like when you go to all those tech conferences. No, I just it's uh, it just makes it cleaner and it it's a place for every if and when you can write on them with a permanent marker, so you're like, okay, yeah, except that's yeah, that but one. then your bag is riddled with gray donuts. I'd rather have that than just kind of lose cables floating around. Getting and also, you know, have you ever had like a cable that gets worn near either end of it and like you get start the rubber yeah, starts yeah, falling yeah. off and all that? I hate when that happens, and so that makes it so it doesn't get you know. So do you have a lot of those? Does it just yeah? Like if you open them. your bag, does it look like you <laughs> robbed <laughs> the dumpster of a miniature bakery? <laughs> the container store, yeah. That yeah. How much does that cost? That's ah, like two bucks or something like that. Oh, really? You got it at the right. checkout line so at the container store. <laughs> Thought it'd be like and fifteen. Does this probably avoids the kinks that you can get in your? That's the biggest problem with my method is that it kinks the line a lot, but this probably avoids that. Yeah, that's the other, yeah, that's the other idea to it too. All right, so these two seem passable, but I think we should let Cameron pick the next one so that we okay. can get into some of the. I want to go with the thing on your cell phone. <laughs> okay, this one's called the iRing. There's a couple of different companies that make them. It's got an adhesive on the back. It clips to the back of your phone, and it's got this little finger ring on the back. It kind of looks like like a single brass knuckle. I love the way iPhones feel without a case on them. Like it, they feel much nicer. They feel sleek and all that. But I have the big one, and it's just it's slippery and it's easy to drop. So when you're holding when you're holding with this thing, easy to drop. Usually when I hold my phone in my hand, I clench yeah. my fingers and thumb together to I don't, pressure on I don't, the outside. I don't ever, when I drop my phone, it's because it's sitting on my lap or something, and I'd stand up and then it falls. Not because I'm holding it and all of a sudden I've forgotten how to hold things. Oh, all right, maybe I'm... This is the meanest thing we've ever done to anybody, by the way, to have two people just attack. Oh, no. I, I it should be a weekly this, thing. No, because, look, it's it's the bigger one. It's the bigger. It's the iPhone 6S Plus, so it's a little bit bigger. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just... Uh, if The main thing is like being able to move your finger all around it so you can just go like this and hold it there. Yeah, you've never like taken out your. I I know it's not like the actual holding of it, but when you take it out of your pocket with this thing, you put your finger in there. It feels like more a deliberate motion, so I'm not tempted to drop it. I can mean, see yeah. that it would feel more stable. How much does that cost? Uh, it's like seven bucks or something like that. Ten maybe. Wow, where are you getting these deals? But that also it's seems all on like Amazon. Yeah, six dollars and fifty cents more than you should really not have it. Mostly, what I've seen you do with this is spin it around your finger like a like a gun. Yeah, like um, a little. Ah, it's, yeah, yeah, I guess quick, maybe that's quick part of it draw. too. <laughs> so the ring on the back can actually it can stay put where it is. Like so, if you set the phone down, you have it like that. It can be a stand. See, that's actually that's nice. good. That's, I watch movies on airplanes with it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good feature. So yeah, so that is a good product if you never put your finger through it. <laughs> Here, hold it with that thing. I just think you need to let shame come into play for your decisions <laughs> on some of these things. It's just somehow that is not involved in your life. Now, yeah, you're doing all of this unironically too, which is. I mean, imagine what the first guy to ever wear just a watch was told. But what, the first guy who put a watch on, nobody knew at the time. They were all looking at the sun. My history might be a little bit off here. But, and then someone doesn't have thousands, to do that. Thousands of years off. <laughs> well, look, it's, I, I hate, I've like dropped my phone a few times and it's so, it sucks. It's like a day ruiner to have to get it repaired. 
And uh, it just makes it so that doesn't happen when you're pulling it out of your pocket. Okay. Let's move on to the cup holder. Okay. Uh, the cup holder is a little, it just is a little clamp that fits on any bookshelf or surface. Right now, Alex has it clipped to the edge of the desk uh, in the podcast room. And it just gives you a cup holder for any surface. Correct. Which already serves as a cup holder because you put your cup on the surface. When actually, when this came in, uh, my coworker and I were looking at it and kept talking about how dumb it was to have a cup holder on the side of your desk. And then Alex came, picked it up, and put it on the side of his desk. So, <laughs> and you're like, that looks exactly right. Exactly <laughs> of course right. he would do that. To be fair, Alex is a standing desk, so it's a little bit more awkward for him to have a cup where it would be. But <laughs> still. Have you ever spilled coffee at your desk? Yeah. I don't drink coffee. Have you ever spilled water? <laughs> a drink. I've, I've spilled glasses of... I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter what it was. I've spilled we'll water. Say yes. I, guess. I am. I don't know. I'm kind of prone to that. So whatever. I don't know. I always have small like electronic stuff and paper and on the desk and you just set it in there and it makes it so it's not going to spill over onto anything answer me this though do you also have rails on the side of your bed like a bunk bed so you don't roll out oh in case of that yeah because <laughs> if you're prone to that you might be prone to just falling out of your bed in the middle of well, the next episode will be at alex's house <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'm exceptionally clumsy or uh, anything and no you're just susceptible to marketing <laughs> that's what this seems is. to be the problem. Yeah. So these logical solutions to actual problems is... I think actual, these logical solutions... I think solutions these problems are a little more created than they are I, I, Yes, I, I understand that like clean drinking water is a problem, and this is probably not that kind of a thing. But I think that... I'll, I'll put it this way. The cables is a real problem, because right. everyone deals with that. All the other ones so far, I think, are a little bit niche. The thing that a lot of this kind of comes down to is I just like knowing where something is and like less time spent looking for something is... That's the goal. And so if there's a designation, there's a routine to it, then that's what ultimately the goal is to be more productive. Maximum efficiency. Yeah. Well, and also you are probably a much more organized person than Cameron or I. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I think if we looked in like your, your bookshelf, it's going to be alphabetized by color <laughs> and size. Um, so I feel like these things yeah. help you, or at least you like the feeling of control that you get over a little minor. Oh, I'm sure there's some sublimation Freudian stuff going on not, here, but yeah. Not even that, but in a way that Cameron and I don't care if our phone slips a quarter inch in our hand when we're texting somebody, yeah. but you want it to be in the exact right It's spot. just, yeah, yeah, it's not that these aren't useless, it's that this thing, these things don't bother us. Right. Well, and we think that if people aren't like us, they're dumb. <laughs> oh, I, I, I adopt that philosophy as well. But all right, uh, the, a better example of this is like, I, I remember re reading that Obama only has gray and blue suits. They're identical. And the idea is he just picks one, doesn't matter, that's it for the day. So you don't have to waste your time thinking about something like that. And that's the whole idea behind these. It's like there's, one, there's a place for something, that's and where that's it goes. How so, like the and, that, and, that's how, and that's how Alex George just compared himself to Barack Obama. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he has trinkets. All right, so we, we talked about the quirky QWERTY cable organizer. Which one is, wait. That's, a, that's this little thing. Can you just you, refer to it by its real name as stupid black thing with coils? <laughs> uh, stupid, <laughs> stupid thing, parentheses, black. Um, uh, exhibit A. I actually, you sold me on this. I that think one, this one's useful. That one's useful. All right, cool. And I think all the usefulness of these is it's based too on price. It's a balance of price, but this one was pretty cheap, and so I think useful. Okay. The phone ring on the back, useless. Absolutely useless. Uh, you, try it. Seriously, <laughs> the one thing I'll say is try using your phone without a case and feel how good it feels. And that'll. But no, because I don't trust myself. Here before you sits a very tangible solution to that. No. No. 
Okay. All right. And then the, the cable turtle, the piece that you can Correct. wrap your cords around and throw in your bag conveniently. Yes. Um, unnecessary, but moderately I would, useful. I would say useful, but unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. And then the cup holder is uh, full on useless. Yeah. Pretty so, useless. But oh, the, the there, is, there is a benefit. There is a tiny benefit. I mean, I think that's the thing. You are, you're the person that infomercials were made for. There's where... got to be a better way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I could see you spilling drinks in the commercial. Knocking drinks things that you over. made with your magic bullet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> slap chop. You slap chop. <laughs> uh, I think you clean it up with your sham wow. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it so is that, that shame factor that you were willing to use these things and I am not willing to be seen using them. Even if it helped a little right. bit and the, the, the possibility of spilling a drink is gone, I don't want someone to come and sit at my desk and say, oh, what's, what's that? You wanted to feel like you were in a minivan and you didn't <laughs> and so And that would save that. Yeah, so I think, I think useless for this one. Okay. I'm going to go useless. But we should also thank Alex for letting us do this, Tim. Today. Yes, Alex, oh, I apologize. <laughs> I'd like to go on the record saying I feel bad. <laughs> We have a lot of people on staff here at Popular Mechanics who have strange talents. Henry Robertson, our fact checker, was in a punk band and is sitting here with a guitar right now. Hi, Jackie. How are you? So we heard that you can tune a guitar to a dial tone. Um, and when, when I was reading about it, it said that the dial tone was an A440, which is what you tune a um, guitar to. But then you, this is, you've had a different experience when you were checking it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually technically two notes and but the combination sounds more like an f it's an f and an a but what you hear is essentially an f okay but you could you still tune a guitar to it if you were desperate yes you could you could yeah you would just tune it to an f okay all right so let's uh let's get the phone and uh and let's see if you can you can do it sounds yeah? good all right So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if it's, um, I mean, I think it's supposed to be this F. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. I will play a little, a little Louis Armstrong lick just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jack Dylan. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about things that are completely useless, you should check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.